Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You're listening to The Danny Parkin Show. Yes, it is The Danny Parkin Show. I appreciate you hanging out with me as I'm coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Millions of Americans finance the home of their dreams with their help. They can help you too. Rocket Mortgage, push button, get mortgage. CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line is 855-212-4227, and it's brought to you by GEICO. Great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to GEICO. Go to GEICO.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. As the show now airs in a much larger percentage of the country, now that the Westwood One coverage of Sunday night football is over, the Eagles beating down the uh, or getting beat down by the Cowboys, 37 to 10 Cowboys pull in first place in the NFC East 855-212-4227 just like every week on the Danny Parkins show it's a NFL postgame show for the entire country we love this show on this time it's a great time to be talking football on over 200 radio stations and you can get in with your top takeaways at 855-212-4CBS. We've discussed how Dan Quinn has one more game as the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons and he'll be fired heading into their bye week after they lose to Seattle next week. We've discussed how Lamar Jackson has a legitimate shot to win the MVP this season and how there might not be a player in football more worth the price of admission than the quarterback of the Baltimore Ravens. We've discussed how well-rounded the Packers look around Aaron Rodgers and how that should scare everyone in the NFC and beyond. Daniel Jones's regression, now second in the NFL in turnovers as a guy who hasn't played the entire season. A lot to get into at 855-212-4227. I think Cardinals fans should be thrilled. I think Chargers fans should be sick. I think Saints fans should be loving life. Plenty to discuss in the NFL, but I have waited to do this until my home radio station, 670 The Score, stopped airing the Sunday night broadcast because I did not want to talk about that travesty of a Bears performance, that sickening, disgusting, horrible waste of time, that egg that they laid on the lakefront today until we were on the 50,000-watt superstation that is 670 the score here in my hometown but the Bears should be ashamed of themselves it was a collective failure and I'm honestly disgusted by the effort that they gave today I'm surprised by the effort they gave today I expected much better from this team I expected more organizational pride more intestinal fortitude And frankly, more competitiveness from a team that came into the season talking Super Bowl and now, by the looks of things, are going to be lucky to be over 500 by the time this season is over. And every show in this city, every columnist, every podcast, 
I've already seen it on the television post-game show, and my radio competitors have already put out the poll question. It is the most obvious, easy, simple, ABC conversation that you can have after a collective failure like this, and you say, who's more to blame? The coach or the quarterback, Matt Nagy or Mitch Trubisky? And of course... Whenever you lose in the NFL, in a city with passionate fans, in a city where there are high expectations for their team heading into the year, every game turns into some sort of referendum on coach and quarterback, and you divvy up the slice of the pie in terms of playing the blame game. That is a normal thing in the aftermath of an NFL loss. But make no mistake, what happened to the Bears today was a collective failure. It was a personnel failure, and therefore Ryan Pace has to wear this loss. It was a coaching failure, and therefore Matt Nagy needs to wear this loss. As does Chuck Pagano, as does Chris Tabor, their defensive coordinator and their special teams coach. The defense got gashed by Latavius Murray. No Drew Brees, no Alvin Kamara. The special teams, even though it recovered two onside kicks late, Who cares? Garbage time. Fluke. Even though it returned a kick for a touchdown, nicely done, had two punts blocked. It was a defensive failure. It was a special teams failure. And yes, above all else, it was an offensive failure at home coming off the bye. And between Matt Nagy and Mitch Trubisky, I would have blamed the personnel more than the coach because... To me, there were open guys that Mitch was just missing. We saw it early and often. Third and five, Taylor Gabriel, out route. Mitch sails it over his head. Third and two, Anthony Miller up the seam. Shot for a touchdown and a big play. Mitch sails it over his head. Mitch going backwards. Mitch throwing the ball away and panicking. Mitch getting happy feet. Mitch not stepping up in the pocket. Matt Nagy can't make him make that throw to Taylor Gabriel on third and five. Matt Nagy can't stop Anthony Miller from fumbling the football. Matt Nagy can't stop David Montgomery from fumbling the football. But make no mistake, that doesn't mean that Matt Nagy doesn't share any blame here. There were only five called runs to running backs, seven overall. Matt Nagy needs to figure out a way to have balance in his play calling, and if at first you do not succeed, try, try again. Just because you had second and 10, second and eight, second and nine routinely when you would run on first down in the first half, that doesn't mean 21 of your first 26 plays can be passes. That's unacceptable. You've got to be more committed to the run. I wouldn't bench Mitch Trubisky because this team's not winning anything big with Mitch and they're not winning anything big with Chase Daniel. So you may as well drive Mitch into the ground and figure out beyond any shadow of a doubt whether or not he can and cannot be the guy. It looks like he won't be the guy. That means you're shopping for quarterbacks this offseason. That means you're bringing in a veteran to compete for him with that job or outright take the job depending on how bad the next 10 games goes. But make no mistake, this is on everybody. Offense, defense, special teams, quarterback, running back, receivers, not named Allen Robinson, offensive line, pass rush, run defense, secondary, it's on them all. It was a collective failure.
I did side more with blaming the players and then the coaches because of just downright poor execution. Like when you just get steamrolled on a block on a punt, that's not on the coaches. That's on you executing the block. When Anthony Miller fumbles the ball or David Montgomery fumbles the ball, it's not on the coaches. That's on you to hold on to the ball. When Mitch airmails the throws, it's not on the coaches. The guys are open. It's a good play call. They're open. It's on the quarterback for not making a throw. But then Mitch Trubisky and Matt Nagy spoke after the game, and uh, Mitch littered us with cliches like always. And I was ready to come in and say more on the players than the coaches, but it was a collective failure on all of them. And then Matt Nagy trotted out this lame-ass excuse after the game. I talk, I talk about horse, uh, the horse blinders and the earmuffs. Don't listen to anything outside because right now it's not going to be good, you know? So what happens is people from outside try to pull you down, and the last thing that anybody's going to do, whether it's you guys or anybody else outside, it's, you're not pulling us down. So um, we're going to be positive, and we're going to fight through it because that's what winning teams do, and that's what positive people and good people do. Eight five five two one two four two two seven. We will talk all NFL here in a minute. We will take your calls and do a post game show on Week Seven like we always do. But Bears fans have to be disgusted when they hear this. Oh, we're not going to let negativity creep in, and you guys are going to try to tear us apart, and that's not what good people do, and we're positive people. That is Grade A Pop Warner. JV high school nonsense. The media isn't trying to divide and conquer your football team. If your team is so fragile that the negativity that surrounds that dog ass performance that you put out today off a buy at home, if negative commentary on Monday night countdown tomorrow night or negative Instagram comments on Mitch Trubisky's page or viral videos of Tariq Cohen being mocked by Saints defenders for being short, if those are the types of things that end up derailing your football team, then your football team wasn't worth a damn to begin with. Khalil Mack is the second-best defensive football player in the world. He hasn't faced the media once after one of the three Bears losses. This team faced no adversity last year during the season. They faced adversity when Cody Parkey double-doinked the kick in the wild-card game, and then he got out of Dodge, and the season ended, and nobody had to face the music. They won executive of the year. They won coach of the year. They went worst to first. They won 12 games. They won a division. They hosted a playoff game. But they accomplished nothing. They They didn't win a playoff game. They blew a playoff game. And so they faced no adversity in the first year of Matt Nagy as the head coach of the Bears. Now, Mitch Trubisky gets hurt. Akeem Hicks gets hurt. They blow a game in London. They blow the opener on national TV to the Packers. They get embarrassed at home today coming off the bye against the Saints without their Hall of Fame quarterback and one of the best running backs in football. And at the end, it's like, oh, we don't want negativity and the bad questions and the big bad media to tear us apart. Well, then play better. This is the third biggest city in the country. There are high expectations here. There's a multiple newspapers in town, multiple television stations. There's scrutiny that comes with this. You're going to be asked after the game, did you consider benching your quarterback? 
You're going to be asked about who blames the responsibility. Is Mitch Trubisky the quarterback of the future? What did you see in your evaluation of him that made him the guy that you liked, Ryan Pace, if you'll ever face any questioning? But it was a collective failure by the Bears today. And this season is in danger of spiraling out of control because the Packers look great. The Vikings look good. The Bears' schedule is brutal. And they're not as healthy as they were last year when they were the healthiest team in the league. So, what do you got? You fixed nothing over the bye. Your offense, which was the 21st-ranked offense in the NFL last year, nothing special, is somehow worse. Mitch Trubisky seems to have taken a step backwards. He's clueless out there. They've managed to create an NFL offense in a year with Super Bowl expectations where they have one good offensive player. People are like, oh, Parkins, you're being too tough. Cody Whitehair's having a nice year at left guard. Oh, okay. Allen Robinson and Cody Whitehair are the only good offensive players on the Bears. Taylor Gabriel's a diversion. He's had one good game. Trey Burton can't move. Anthony Miller doesn't know the offense. Tariq Cohen is a gadget player with a play caller who doesn't know how to use him. David Montgomery, who the hell knows? They never give him the ball, and the offensive line can't run block. Mitch Trubisky doesn't know what he's doing. Adam Shaheen only makes plays in the preseason and garbage time. It's a joke. It's an unmitigated unmitigated disaster of a joke. That's what they are. They're not the most disappointing team in the NFL, but they're spiraling in the direction of irrelevant. Three and three in a brutal division and a brutal conference. In a year where you had Super Bowl expectations. Congratulations for not showing up. 855-212-4227. But oh, we're not going to let negativity divide us. Blinders. We're like a horse running the race. Earmuffs. The grown-ups are cursing at the dinner table. Put on your earmuffs. Your delicate sensibilities. My God. Throw the ball down the field, execute a third down conversion, run the ball on first down, block in punt coverage, get off the damn field on third down, and execute like a team that's supposed to be good and competing for the NFC. This team's on a road to nowhere fast. 855-212-4227. My guess is Bears fans are disgusted, but I'd love to hear from you to see how you're feeling. We got people who want to talk about Jimmy Garoppolo, Lamar Jackson, Teams imploding, looking to trade franchise quarterbacks. But there's lines open, 855-212-4227. Top takeaways from Week 7 and the biggest disappointment of the day, the Chicago Bears at home against the Saints. We hear from you coming up. It's the Danny Parkin Show, CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the Danny Parkin Show. All right, it's the Danny Parkin Show, CBS Sports Radio, radio radio.com, 855-212-4227. Week 7 postgame. In the NFL, your top takeaways from the day's games. I've given you mine. We hear from yours. But first and foremost, the collective failure that is the Chicago Bears. All around, offense, defense, special teams, general manager, head coach, quarterback. A collective failure, an egg laid at home coming off the bye. I blame players more than coaches, but there was plenty of blame to go around. The reason was there were just too many straight-up blown missed assignments. Mitch Trubisky missing wide-open reads, David Montgomery fumbling, 
Anthony Miller fumbling, guys getting steamrolled on blocks for blocked, allowing block punts, no ability to slow down Latavius Murray when Alvin Kamara and Drew Brees are out. It was just repetitive and constant, the number of missed assignments. And then afterwards, my God, the lack of accountability and the stow, we don't want the negativity to break us apart. How about a little bit of negativity that what happened there was unacceptable and you've been talking about figuring out the run game now for the last 20 games. Point of thumb instead of a finger. 855-212-4227 is the telephone number. Phil is here in the great city of Chicago. He's on CBS Sports Radio. What's up, Phil? Hey, Danny. Uh, I kind of agree with you about 90%. Uh, I'm a diehard Bears fan, and I'm dying hard today. I'll tell you what. Uh, I blame mostly on the coach. You said the players there. I, I blame the coach because the players can only do what the coach coaches teach them to do. And uh, it was proven tonight. Okay, because we had two Bears teams today. We had two Andy Tree, Andy Reid Tree people today. You had the early game with the Bears. They scored 10 points. You had the late game with the Eagles. They scored 10 points. Okay. I was at the casino. I made a bet. Uh, I, I want to thank Matt Nagy for letting me take the Cowboys minus 13 and a half in the under because I figured from what the Bears did to Philadelphia was going to do the same thing, and I won. But you know what? That doesn't make me happy. This team stinks. They they were stinking it up to high heaven on the field. The coach was stinking it up to play calling. And I blame Matt Nagy 100%. 100%. So when I'm just, I'm just like, listen, I'm not saying like, we can reasonable minds can disagree on if it's more on the coaches or more on the players. That's fine. But Matt Nagy, how is he to blame when he schemes Taylor Gabriel wide open on third and five and Mitch throws the ball into the second row. How is that on Matt Nagy? Well, because they're, they're pulling the reins on Mitch Trubisky and they're not letting him play. They did the whole preseason. They didn't let him not play. letting him play through the ball 50 something times. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, he stinks. Sides. Like I said, everybody stinks it up, but you got to blame the coaches. It all, it all falls on the head coach. Because it it all seem... falls on the head coach. So, so there's yeah, no but... blame for Mitch Trubisky today. No, there's blame on Trubisky. He stunk too. But the thing is, is the coaches don't adapt. Last year, Matt Nagy was something new in Chicago, and nobody knew what he was going to do. He had all his gadget plays and stuff. But you know what? The NFL picks up on that, just like they did with the Philadelphia Eagles. They pick up on the gadget plays and them, and them uh, scheming open plays and stuff, and it doesn't work. You have to run the football. Why would you do you know, play action from the shotgun when you're not running the football? Nobody's I agree. Their running, their running game is putrid. Their running, their running game is abysmal, and that and, and Matt Nagy not committing to the run is absolutely on him. The only thing that I'm taking umbrage with what you're saying is when you say it's 100 percent on the coach. There were plenty okay. of time. Matt, I mean, Matt, Anthony Miller has a four yard run, which was like a like a marathon out there today, and then he gets hit one time by one cornerback and he fumbles. I mean, that that's not on okay. the coach. Okay, ninety ten. Ninety. All right, I'll go ninety ten. All okay. right, Phil. All right, I appreciate okay. the call, Phil. Thank you. This blame game, I mean, it's, it, it's not all or nothing. It was all-encompassing. It was, it was disgusting. Out of a buy at home. Oh, out of a buy at home. And this idea that the, the offense doesn't work is so ludicrous. We know it works. The Chiefs are setting records for, for points. 
The Eagles have won a Super Bowl with Doug Peterson. We know the offense works. The players just stink at executing it. Rick in Chicago on CBS Sports Radio and the Radio.com app. What's up, Rick? Uh, first of all, let's get to the point. Ryan Pace screwed up the draft a couple of years ago when he missed out on Deshaun Watson and Mahomes. It's simple as that. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, I agree. Right? Of course. I mean, and then second of all, Harry, Harry Heastan is the most overrated offensive line coach in the NFL. The last two years, all I hear about from Owen Crutes and everyone on your air is how great of an offensive line coach he is, yet they can't run the ball. They love him. Right? I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. But I, I have no ability to evaluate offensive line coaches other than the results on the field. Their pass well, blocking what, what, what has it, been their pass blocking has been pretty good, and their run blocking well, has been the worst in the league. Well, it's pathetic. It's pathetic. It's absolutely pathetic the last two years of run blocking. And there's no doubt about that. The stats back that up. Yeah, right. and listen, and, and and benching Kyle Long didn't solve all of the problems. Who knew? No, no, it did not. And um, so, second of all, I went to the game today. I spent two hundred dollars on a parking pass, three hundred dollars on a ticket today, and two hundred dollars on naked. a parking pass. You got ripped off. Yeah, Walter and Lot. You know how it works. Yeah, two hundred. Um, that's, that's a little much. Nagy is telling me I got to wear. They, they got to wear earmuffs because they don't want to hear booze in the stands. That's complete BS. Complete BS. Well, that's the thing. And and, and I, I appreciate the telephone call. Eddie Jackson came on my radio show, Bears All Pro Safety, came on the show in Chicago, and he said the Bears fans need to stop booing at home after the first game of the year, after that Thursday night egg that they laid to the Packers to open up the centennial season that the entire country watched. He came on the show the next day and he said, booing is unacceptable with the home team. It should never happen. They got booed early and often at home today, and they deserved every bit of it. Now, Matt Nagy said that we can't let negativity break us apart. Blinders, earmuffs, because there's going to be negativity out there. You think? These guys can't stay off social media. Tariq Cohn's already out there tweeting about the video of Saints players mocking him for his height. They can't stay off social media. They don't stay away from the TV. They live in the world, and they have ears. 60,000 people booed him at home today. So if they can't deal with some negativity, this thing is going to crumble. They're going to be exposed to the negativity. That is being an athlete in 2019. So it's not about blinders and earmuffs. It's about harnessing that anger and making sure the feeling that you had today never happens again. You can't pretend like the negativity isn't out there. That's not how it works in 2019. This isn't 1989 and there's just two newspapers. It's like, hey, if I don't read the newspaper, then I have no idea what anyone's saying about me. That's not how it works anymore. The criticism of these athletes goes directly to their pockets because they all have cell phones and they can't, they can't help themselves. People are like, oh, I don't know what they're saying about me. Yes, you do. And even if you do have the ability to ignore TV, radio, blogs, podcasts, the internet, newspapers, even if you have the ability to ignore all of that, you got booed at home 13 times today. So you can't block out the negativity. You need to harness it, have it make you angry, and overcome it.
It's not going to be an only Bears show the rest of the way. I want to rank the top 10 teams that it would be actually fun to root for because there was some amazing football going on. We'll get into that later, plus your calls on top takeaways from Week 7 coming up. You're listening to The Danny Parkin Show. Welcome back in. It's The Danny Parkin Show, CBS Sports Radio, radio radio.com sports. 855-212-4CBS is the number. I am most upset about the Bears' performance today, but it's a Week 7 post-game edition of the NFL. We will take your calls on the Bears and otherwise. I think Lamar Jackson has an outside shot at winning MVP this year. He is worth the price of admission. Daniel Jones is regressing. Who could have seen that coming except everybody? Aaron Rodgers with a complete team should scare not only the NFC, but the entire NFL. I would imagine Chargers fans are feeling pretty sick to their stomach. And I think there's one more game in the Dan Quinn era in Atlanta. So plenty to get into. 855-212-4227 is the telephone number. Let's go to Atlanta. Mike is on the radio.com app and CBS Sports Radio. What's up, Mike? Hey, man, how's it going? I'm good. Uh, How are you? I'm a first-time caller, but uh, I'm feeling your pain in Chicago, and I heard the caller complaining about Nagy and how uh, he put the loss against the Saints on him. We would trade you everything to get uh, Nagy down here for Dan Quinn. He should have been fired two years ago. You know, you're too stupid to tell your offensive coordinator to run the ball you know, when you're up 25 points in the Super Bowl and you lose it. We've been a butt of jokes for the past three years. And from now on, I can't even say that it's his fault. The fault lies well off the blank for being too too stupid to fire uh, this this knucklehead as a coach. Here's the and, thing, though, you man. Know, you you got to deal with him for one more game. I'm with you. They let him fire all of the coordinators instead of, uh, you know, doing a clean sweep. They thought that the fact that the offense improved last year, they'd get their defensive players back healthy and they tried to make a run with it. Honestly, I liked the Falcons before the year. I thought you guys were going to win 10 games, 11 games. So I didn't think it was that indefensible, but clearly it was the wrong decision. And I've been calling for his firing for a few weeks now because the defense is so terrible, but honestly, as long as they fire him after the Seattle game next week, going into the bye. No harm, no foul. Like it, it was one extra year. That sucks. This year should have been better than it was. But there's no way Dan Quinn survives this. No way. So you're you're almost done, man. You're almost done with the suffering. I hope so. I'm not even a religious man, and I'm praying that he's gone by no no longer than next week. Because uh, I'm a season ticket holder. I got a season ticket that I can't even give away right now. I was going to say, were you were you there today? Because I have never seen the Falcons' home stadium be that empty. And I had uh, D. Orlando Ledbetter on the show earlier who covers the Falcons for the Journal-Constitution. He said it's the worst uh, that he's seen the Falcons organization since Mike Vick got sent to prison. I'm going to give you uh, an example. I was at the Atlanta United game yesterday. And... It's packed all the way up to the roof. Everybody's in their seats. Everybody's cheering. Everybody is just like all in with Atlanta United. 
And then I go to the Falcons game today, and I could have sat anywhere I wanted to. People yeah, showing up great. late, people walking around the stadium, people are just not even interested. You know, so, I mean, it, it's horrible. And, and they're owned by the same man. That's not good. That's not good. All right, man. Listen, Mike, I appreciate the telephone call. All right. It is a uh, it's a dark day in Atlanta for the football team, but Dan Quinn's got one more game. You can make it through one more game. Better things ahead. Matt Ryan's what? 34 years old? He's got a few years left of his prime. Matthew here in Chicago, 855-212-4227. Matthew, you're on CBS Sports Radio. What's up, man? Hey, Danny. I'm uh, I'm in the car. I'm driving back home where I live in Milwaukee. And to know that I live in a state that plays a completely different sport of it, it, what Aaron Rodgers did today compared to what I had to sit at, I, at I'm sitting at Soldier Field trying to comprehend what the, what I just watched. It was the most aggravating thing I've ever sat through. I've never left a football game early. I, I left with five minutes to go. I couldn't. I can't. I couldn't watch it anymore. It was. I was. I'm angry and it's embarrassing. It's whatever they put the product on the the product they had on the field today was just baffling. The first play of the football game, you run your 175 pound, five foot six running back up the middle. Why is Trick calling ever running between the tackles? It's ridiculous. Uh, I don't know what. I don't know what. What. What was that? I mean, am I going crazy, or is that just – I don't know what that was today. Here's the the only thing that I'll say about the Tariq Cohen run up the middle. It's the only thing I'll say. They did it early. They moved Kyle Long out of that spot. They need to be able to run something up the middle. Now, I know you say make that a David Montgomery carry or a Cordero Patterson carry or whatever, but they've got to get their playmakers' touches – and Mitch is not spreading the ball around to receivers not named Allen Robinson. Yeah. So sometimes you've got to just hand the ball to Tariq Cohen. I know that he's not the guy that you think is going to you know, burst through the A-gap, but sometimes you need to just get the ball in your playmaker's hands any way possible. And it sucks that that's the, like, we have to try. I get that. But like, there's, there's nothing, po- nothing positive came out of tonight's game. Nothing. There was, it was... I, I don't go to a lot of games. I get to, like, this is my first game in a couple of years. And when my cousin texted me, he's like, we're going to the game. I'm like, awesome. We're coming off a bye. No Drew Bees. And then halfway through the week, you're like, oh, no Kamara either. This is a, this is, we need to win this game. And then that happens. And then you lose the fans almost immediately. The whole place was dead. I, it was, it was, there was no life in that stadium. The team had no life. The fans had no life. It was boring football. And, to know that I get to go home and go to work tomorrow with Packer fans after Aaron Rodgers throws five and runs one in sucks. It yep. sucks. <laughs> yes, it, yes, it does, man. Aaron Rodgers has a running game and not a great defense. They can't stop the run, but Aaron Rodgers has a defense, a coach, and a running game. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to get ugly for any Packer Bear neighbors and oh, you know spouses and work couples and all that. I'm, yeah, it's going to be ugly. From, I'm from Chicago. I married a woman from Green Bay. I called her after the game, and she left. Yeah. Yeah, that's, <laughs> well, that, that's your world, man. Yeah, that's your world. Bear well, down. We'll see you next week. <laughs> All right, Matt. Appreciate <laughs> you. Uh, listen, I, I, the Bears should get the Chargers next week, but at this point, who the hell knows? Right? At this point, 
they could lose to anybody. That offensive performance was so pathetic. They lost to the Raiders. This was at home coming off of a bye. They could lose to anybody. And if you're not here in Chicago and you're listening on one of the 200-plus radio stations around the country or on the Sirius channel or on radio.com or whatever, and you're saying, Parkins, you're a Chicago radio host. What? Man, this is a terrible loss. This is a, this is a cross-them-off-then loss as a Super Bowl contender, probably as a playoff team. They're two back of the Packers in the loss column in the NFC North. Plus, they've already lost to them, so that's the tiebreaker. And the NFC is no joke. Like, let's go through the NFC real quick and talk about teams that you would say are contenders over the Chicago Bears who won 12 games last year. Obviously, you would say the Saints who beat him today. Saints would be, they're the best team in the NFC, right? As it stands right now. Six and one. Niners are six and oh. Got to give them their love. Niners defensive line, spectacular. Running game, very good. Figured out a way to get a win on the road all the way across the country in a monsoon. There were puddles out there. That was a survive in advance game. The Niners survived in advance. By the way, if you got eliminated in a survivor pool today, you stink at survivor pools. Every team that you could have picked in a survivor won today. Buffalo won, Washington won, Green Bay won. Every every survivor pool opportunity. Chiefs won on Thursday night. Like this was a, this was an easy survivor week, finally, after the last three have been bloody Sundays. But you take the Saints in the NFC. You take the Niners in the NFC. You take the Packers in the NFC. You take the Seahawks in the NFC. You take the Vikings in the NFC. You take the Cowboys in the NFC. That's six teams you would take in the NFC before you get to the Bears. Phillies three and four. You can make an argument. Rams are four and three. You can make an argument. Bucks are four and two. They've won four straight. Certainly could make an argument there. It's probably seven teams you're taking before you get to the Bears. Team that won 12 games last year and is supposed to have the best defense in football. This was a, if it was college, you would call it a program altering loss. Just pathetic. Kevin in Chicago's on CBS Sports Radio. What's up, Kevin? Yeah, Danny, I got to tell you, uh, I probably put this 90-10 on the coach. And the biggest reason is, for me, 90-10. a coach, number one job, 90-10 on the coach. You got. I'm not saying the players aren't without blame, but a coach's job has your team ready to play, man. So you, you keep harping on, you know, this is the first game after a bad loss, after the bye week. You had eight months to prepare for Green Bay, and you kicked two field goals? You allowed 10 points and you lose. So I know we're talking the defense gave up 36 points. If your offense took off more than a minute of game clock, that would help going three and out, keep passing all the No time. question. The, the, the offense put the defense in terrible situations today. There's, 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 terrible, no, there's no question about that. But I still keep coming back to third and two, Anthony Miller up the seam, has a step on his man, easy drop-in throw over the shoulder, Trubisky airmails it by five yards. Taylor Gabriel, no, third right. and five. Like, he's, he's airmailing. These are open receivers. They're open. 
That's Matt Nagy scheming them open, and then Mitch Trubisky can't hit them. Then get them out, dude. We got, I, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, he, you can only coach the players you got, but if the player you got keeps making the same mistakes, keeps staring down guys, overthrowing guys, throwing at guys' feet, happy feet when there's no pass rush, get him, cross him off the list. Time to move, time to move on. And All right, listen, I, your, 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 fo- your phone's dropping out. I got I to gotta let you go. But, again, plenty of blame to go around. The Bears are not trading for a quarterback in season. So as long as Mitch is healthy, Trubisky gets the next 10 games. If he's great, awesome. He's your starter going into next year. If he's terrible, at least you answered the question. If he's mediocre, you bring in competition. There's no more Chase Daniel, veteran backup, player coach, teach the guy the system type of thing. You got to bring in a young quarterback with upside. Whether it's Josh Rosen, whether it's a second-round pick, whether it's Marcus Mariota, not a young quarterback, Alex Smith, Phillip Rivers, Andy Dalton, Nick Foles. The the Bears will bring in a quarterback this offseason to be competition for Mitch Trubisky for the job. You can virtually guarantee it. 855-212-4227. What was your top takeaway from Week 7 of the National Football League? Coming up. I'm going to rank the teams in order at the top, top 10, that I think would be most fun to root for. Not based on winning, most fun to root for right now. We'll do that plus more of your calls. It's the Danny Parkins Show, CBS Sports Radio. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 